Welcome back to another edition of HBCU Hour. It's your boy Poopel. I got my man Aunt Petty Murphy in the building. Daniel D. Williams in the house. What up? Poopel doing your shoulder here. <laughs> Rock the new merch. Show him that shirt. There you go. Poopel, baby. Yeah. With that said, let me go ahead and roll that beautiful bean footage. The Golden Boot Pod is proud to announce that merchandise is now available. We have everything from t-shirts and hoodies, to hats and beanies, to drinkware, to wearables and blankets. You can find it all under the merchandise tab at thegoldenboot.podbean.com or go directly to thegoldenboot.com. As always, thank you for supporting the Golden Boot Pod. Ladies and gentlemen, I do want to introduce our special guest for the evening on the Board of Trustees, District 1, Mr. Kevin Ball. Just imagine there's a round of applause going. <sighs> <laughs> Mr. Ball, first off, thank you for joining us this evening. Uh, hey, how are you? Hey, I'm glad to be here, man. I, I'm just ecstatic to be here with y'all to talk a little bit about my favorite subject matter, man. Seriously. Appreciate yeah. it. Thanks. So I, I talked, you know, saying so we talked off mic. Listen, Southern, I put y'all on the clock and I told y'all, y'all better come on here, get on here and represent. I said, if not, I'm gonna I'm go ahead and get some Alabama State, Alabama AM, and we're gonna be talking about them for the next three months. You sound like they're scared. <laughs> <laughs> now we actually do have some things lined yeah, up. We will have it's some coming. From, it's coming. From, from Southern come on. Um, but first, Mr. Ball, uh, tell us about you, you know, saying your role with uh Alabama AM and some of the things that you're doing. Well, it first starts off, I'll tell you guys, I'm actually a graduate of Alabama and we're going to start with that. So okay. I'm an HBCU okay. grad alum of the, the best uh, uh, university uh, uh, here uh, in the country, which is Alabama A&M University. So I, I had the opportunity to uh, go there, graduate back in 97, had the opportunity to play on the football team while there. And uh, it was just a life changing experience for me as it is for most other people who've attended uh, an HBCU. Uh, one of the things that I'm able to do right now is live a dream. Well, what, what's that dream? I'm able to, as a graduate, to go back and help serve on the board of trustees of the actual university that I graduated from. So not many people get that honor to do that. And because uh, it's such a blessing and such an honor to do it, I take it very seriously. And uh, it's something that I, that, that, that I have enjoyed uh, since I've been on the Board of Trustees. And uh, I do everything I can to promote the university and HBCUs as a whole. But the thing that I, uh, uh, that I do and I focus on when you ask the question, what's my role and what do I do while I'm on the board is basically give feedback. Feedback and give guidance to the president and the staff in regards to uh, how can we enhance the services at the university, how can we improve, uh, you know, the quality of life of our students? Uh, what can we do to think outside the box to, to make Alabama A&M a global brand that's going to uh, uh, make every uh, stu current student, faculty member, and alum proud? So um, I'm involved with that process and the think tank that goes with that, and most importantly, the policy setting. Uh, that happens with at the university level. So uh, that's a broad, generic uh, explanation of what I do uh, when I go up on the hill. 
All right. First off, I want to say that um, when people talk about giving back to their school, yeah, <laughs> that's the kind of you know what what people you know what we mean and stuff. Not saying that everybody has to be on the board of trustees and stuff like that, but I just you know, I just I just want to say you can tell that that you Alabama A and M run through your through your veins, man. You know what I mean, like. <laughs> Like yep. you can you can tell you can tell that you really love what you do and where you at for real. And and you know what? I really appreciate that, Ant, because what I left out was that I have three kids and my oldest is a junior here at Alabama AM University. Okay, and okay. I got a uh, train, a train them up right, huh? There you go, there you go. <laughs> and I got a I got a middle son that's he's a junior now, he'll be graduating. Uh, next year he'll be a senior next year. I wonder where you think he might be considering <laughs> or what have you. So at least Grambling, huh? home, we need to consider that. But uh, uh, but yeah, it, it is. It, it's all around them. It's all in me. And uh, I know you didn't ask for this, but one of the things that I do want to add is the fact that you know back in the day, for so long, it was common for a family for generations to go to a university. You know, my granddaddy went to the mm. a my, my, my mama went to a my cousins, my uncles. And you have a family that will go and they will support one particular, you know, unit, organization, or university. And it was common. And, you know, it, it's not as much now, uh, but you still have it. And uh, one of those, that's one of the things that I'm hoping will create a generational uh, trend with my family, uh, uh, with Alabama a University. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. My family, uh, of course, not college wise, um, but a very similar situation as far as high school. We we had a Peabody. You know, everyone in my in my in my family went to Peabody High School. My grandma, my uncles, my grandmother. So you know, of course, you know, as the generations got older and things like that, you know, we start going to different other schools. So I can definitely understand that and want to keep that generation alive. Yeah. All right, so this is this is a little petty, this, but I do want to put this this question up from uh <laughs> Mr. Tony with the dope dope easy. He asked Mr. Ball, "What makes AM better than Grambling? What does it make it better than Grambling?" <laughs> I tell you, <laughs> you know, uh, one of the things I would tell you if I had to answer that question is number one, A and M. Uh, is the largest HBCU in the state of Alabama. So that so that's what makes us the best in the state over that other college that's down in Montgomery. But <laughs> if we to talk specifically about Grambling, I think if you look at uh, the, the, the graduates that we uh, get from our university, we have the largest STEM graduates that uh, come out of our university. And I, and I would challenge to say Grambling and any other HBCU. Uh, that is the reason why our enrollment has just increased uh, drastically over the course of the last five years is because of the academic uh, successes that we've had. Second reason why a may be better than, than Grambling is athletically. You know, who 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 won the mm. championship in football just, just a short period of time ago? Which mm. Three years ago. So if you mm. look at athletically, whether it be football, basketball, or what have you, uh, 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 athletically, our programs uh, and our facilities, uh, uh, I think, would match uh, and can arguably and debatably be uh, a little bit larger than Grambling's and, and in better condition and larger. So I think if you ask our students, ask our student body, uh, those a couple. And the last thing, three, last thing is going to be <laughs> student life. Student life. 
you know, Pete <laughs> and Brad, Brad, I can tell you what it was like uh, when I was going, but I can tell you that there's a continuation now. My daughter is there, as I mentioned earlier, and I see the activities that are going on the yard. And basically from the homecoming activities where we have big concerts, where it ain't just impacting the university, it's impacting the whole city. And yeah. so, you know, when you're, when you got big acts coming in, like a uh, little baby, city girls, and, I, and the list goes on. Cause a lot of these guys, I don't even know no more. I can't even keep up with the name, <laughs> but it, it impacts more than just the university. A&M has a global impact on the surrounding area community. So in my opinion, Huntsville is a little bit larger than Ruston and, and where, where, where Grambling is. So I just think the, the impact that it has on the community is one of those things to consider as well. Okay. Um, I, I know, so we kind of talked about this and, and I know you talked about impact and, and, and the, you know, the rivalries with the different schools. It seems like there's a rivalry brewing uh, with uh, between uh Coach Connell Maynard and uh, Deion Sanders. There's a lot okay. of little friendly banter, you know, oh. with the school, the school that half. I mean, on at, at the uh, at, on, uh, at the fifty yard line and stuff, and and the chirping okay. back and forth. Uh, so, go, no, go ahead. Ask your no, question. no, no. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Now, I'm it's, it's, jump in on that. Look, <laughs> if don't nothing else get you excited about HBCU football <clears> and the rivalries, just naturally between. Who is the best in all HBCUs? You can see your first question, why is AM better than Grambling? That's one of the things that we do in our traditions, our culture, is we like to talk trash on why my school or why my clique uh, or my organization is better than yours. And it's just natural for us to do that as a community. So now to answer that question, that's one thing that Black people love to do and love to see, and that's trash talk. Mm -hmm. So in the SWAC, who, who's a better trash talker uh, ben Deion Sanders, number one. I don't. I don't think there's one out there that exists. I mean, he's the. You know, he's been doing it before we even knew. You know what what it was or what have you. So, Connell uh, Manor. I think the thing that really set that rivalry apart is the fact that. So I don't see any other. I don't know. If my phone. I don't have anything else on. I think the the impact. Uh, I don't see many other coaches being as aggressive as far as being uh, outwardly talkative as trash talking as Coach Maynard is. So I think it's naturally that's where that comes from because I don't think there's all other coaches want to kind of downplay their team, downplay what you know, they they do the And Maynard, that ain't that ain't his style. And you know what? That's why we're drawn to him. That's his personality. We want him to be who he is. And talk trash to Dion. He put his shoes on just like he does. Exactly. And, and to be honest with you, before Dion had that surgery, would have your made or probably in better shape. It could have been faster than Dion. While, while you know, uh, uh, and I know that's arguable. That's a big statement. But the reason why I say that is because what most people don't know is the athlete that Connor Hill yeah. is. If you don't know, the he was a the actual stunt double. In uh, that, yes, that, uh, go ahead, Pooh. Go ahead, and Yeah, that's actually that was actually yeah. one of our points. A lot of people don't know, and and, and I kind of brought it up in spaces. Uh, so I, I won't do this as a trivia question, but in, in the movie Any Given Sunday, 
uh, Alabama A&M's coach, uh, Connell Maynard, was the the every time you saw Jamie Foxx throw a touchdown or or the the iconic scene where he's jumping over the pile, that was actually uh, Coach Coach uh, Connell Maynard. Um, yeah. So yeah, that, that was, I look. I had to look him up, and I didn't realize he played uh, you know football and you know in college. Uh, I think uh, North Carolina A and T, I believe. Yeah, and then I believe he played arena a little arena ball and some other yeah. little pro ball. So he he definitely he definitely athlete in his own right for sure. And I mean, guess what? Guy was a Hall of Famer. Yeah. And guess Red what? Why don't y'all try him right now? Y'all think he old? Trying right now. I take your word for it. <laughs> <laughs> you say, hey, so you think Coach Manning can give prime work? Oh man, right now, you know, but but I you don't know, know about that one. We, hey. But you know, Dion, he, he's a little under the weather right now. You know, he just had like a little, little what have you. So you know, it's not gonna be a fair thing. But before that, I, I still would bet on my coach. I'm just saying that's that's how I'm a ride with him like that. I like it. Hey, so, I hey. like it. What like what it. uh? Like what what Lavar say? Lavar say I can take Mike. Never lost. Mm. Never <laughs> lost. <laughs> Absolutely. But Absolutely. now this upcoming year. That battle with, with Coach Maynard and, and Dion is going to take place in the Gulf Coast Classic. Absolutely not. That's oh. going to be the Gulf Coast Challenge. Tell and, us about that. Yeah, let, let's talk about that. So the Gulf Coast Challenge uh, is a game that's hosted in uh, Mobile, Alabama. Shout and out to 251. It, that's right. That's right. That's right. And, you know, it is the most unique and precious, quote, unquote, event and classic style game that's out there so let me back up and the reason why i corrected you know pooh bear i said it's not classic it's challenge and we re and the name challenge came about was because what the city of mobile wanted to do was highlight multiple hbcus mm -hmm. so in classic what is it it's the same two columns mm -hmm. every single year for 60 80 100 years correct so when the Gulf Coast Challenge was created, the goal was to have multiple HBCUs be exposed to the African-Americans in, in that particular area region. We, we didn't want to uh, have it just for one university. We want to expose everybody. So what we did was we looked at the most attractive matchup and attracted them to come and play uh, in the city of Mobile. So that's the reason why we, it was named Challenge and not Classic, to represent the uh, rotating universities, HBCUs that are going through the uh, going through that city. So that's why we try to correct people for branding purposes. It, yes, it is a classic style game or event and matchup. However, the official name is the Gulf Coast Challenge. I like it. I like it. So I want somebody to ask me why. You know, why is the challenge different or better than all the other classics? That I <laughs> <laughs> Now I do got a classic I want, I'm gonna ask you about, but I'm gonna say that to the end, so you can. So, you, so we we say that to the end. Um, I guess I'll, I'll stay with football. Um, right now there is a swag arms race. Transport per, uh, portal is heating up. Uh, Alabama and M's in there. Grambling's in there. Of course, uh, Jackson State made waves when Travis Hunter chose them, and then also some of the players that came out the, that went into the portal. From uh, other big name schools, uh, Alabama State uh, picked up like six guys that were uh, originally D one or, or Power Five schools. A um, and M, how is A and M keeping up? So the rankings that literally just came out maybe two days ago, three days ago, 
uh, had Alabama A&M ranked number three. We were two until uh, obviously Grambling uh, picked up uh, a few recruits or what have you. But we had a very, very strong uh, recruiting uh, offseason. And uh, we're very proud of that. Um, so the whole portal uh, situation has just changed the landscape of how colleges are recruited, period. I think we all know uh, that coaches now are looking into the portal uh, to get most of their recruits uh, prior to, you know, going to high schools, trying to get the best stars that you can get, incorporate them into your program and develop them. Well, what has happened and transpired with the with the portal is that when these coaches are signing contracts, whether it's a three-year contract, because I rarely hear, you know, multiple-year contracts unless they've already proven themselves. Right. They got to win right. now. So right. if you got to win now, can you do that with an incoming <laughs> freshman? Or are you no, going right. to get a transferring junior or senior who has multiple years of experience, uh, may not have played a whole lot, but mm-hmm. they've been on this level on this playing field, and you have a need that you're specifically going in there to meet, and you go get somebody that's ready that can contribute right now because there's a lot of money and Mm -hmm. pressure on these coaches to win now. So the transfer portal has essentially changed how recruiting is going to be done, period, on out. So I got to add this point. You didn't ask this, but I just got to put this in here. The person or the people who are being impacted the most negatively with this, with the transfer, mm-hmm. is the high school kids, the high school kids, mm-hmm. students or athletes. Because if you're not a four or five star that can come in and start right now, those yep. kids are not getting offered scholarships. So how are they getting on the college team? Because they still want to get in a college and they still want to play on that level, but they're not being recruited. Or those opportunities are not as uh, fluid and as, 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 as presented as they once were. So what's going to – and this is all my opinion. I have no statistics or data to support what I'm saying, but I know what I see because I'm around this, every, uh, you know, every day, is the fact that these kids now are going to have to choose just a university they want to go to, and they're going to have to go and try to walk on. Because these colleges now, they're having tryouts to let the student body come on because they're not recruiting them out of high school uh, uh, prior to. So – that's, and I'm sorry, I keep interrupting you. Let me ask you no, you're fine. question. You're fine. But that's where we that's where we're going with this is that kids are now going to have to go to a school, go to, enroll in the university, be a student, and then actually try to walk on and get on the team to try to prove themselves. So maybe one day they can't get in the transfer portal if they're not getting time. And that's the avenue where I see it going to at this time. Let me ask you a question, uh, Kevin. So whenever it comes to those high school students that aren't going to your, your big blue bud power five schools, you know, schools like your, your, your alma mater, you know, they come in, what are they doing to try to get these kids to, what are they selling these kids on A&M? You know, what are they doing? So that's a two prong, two, two part answer uh, uh, to, to, to that question. Um, the first thing I'm going to say is number one, what A&M is doing is we're going after the same ones Nick Saban and, you know, all these D1s are going for. So that's first. So we're not looking yeah. for anybody's leftovers. So right. And that with the transfer portal, that's actually has helped level the playing field where because what a lot of people are not talking about is there's a 1,000 kids in that transfer portal, but guess what? 
you put yourself in that trans, you're not guaranteed to get on another school. So there's a lot of people who basically exited themselves out of a program and ain't got no home to go nowhere, right? Right. So what that does is allows for AM the opportunity uh for that same kid, three, four, five star that went to the University of Nebraska, went to maybe even Georgia, didn't get playing time, tried to get transfer portal, and we can go after that kid, and we're getting some of the same talent that some of the D1s uh, are, are experiencing. Now, to answer the other part of your question is, what are we what are we doing with those two stars, three stars, or what have you? I think it's just a matter of need, just like what anybody else is doing. You're still going to look yeah. at those other kids and those other stars, and you're going to see, can do we have a need at the quarterback position? Do we have a need at defensive end? What position is this kid playing? And can they help us, you know, if not this year, maybe within the next year to two years? And, again, this is me speculating on behalf of my head coach. So I don't want to speak on uh, on what exactly he's doing. But from my observations, this is what I'm seeing multiple programs do. And uh, uh, and I and I assume A&M is no different. We're doing the same thing. And if and if, if I'm being honest, honestly, and, and Coach Manny, if you listen to this, there, there's a ton of talent, talented kids in Louisiana that don't get that opportunity to go to large Power Five schools. You know, and that are just as equally talented as yeah. those big Division One prospects that eventually they do within four or five years go to the NFL and they shine. You know, so those kids need opportunities also. So I hope. You know, the portal is not a place where you just you heavily rely on and some people still go out to those high school games and meet those high school coaches and build those relationships because it's a sad situation whenever you got so much talent sitting at home, you know. So yeah. No, you don't get forgotten. No, you you're absolutely right, man. Uh there's talent everywhere, man, to be honest with you. So, uh, and it's definitely hotbed in Louisiana, man. So, Louisiana, Mississippi, really the Southeast, man. That's why the, the SEC is so strong, man. The, the talent, these boys down here, the, the, the boys on the West Coast and East Coast, they ain't seen nothing. When you got a 6'8 kid running a 4'5, 300 pounds, yeah. I mean, that, it's that, different. that's the freaking nature. But, you know, yeah. I know, like I know, that's the norm down here because a lot of them kids, they just don't even make it D one. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a lot. It's a whole bunch more. Yeah, it's a whole bunch more that didn't make. So you know, it, it's just the norm down here. But to your point, Daniel, yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, I think we'll get Coach Manning to to recruit that area as well, man. <laughs> Definitely. Sorry, <laughs> Grambling Southern. <laughs> nah, we ain't talking about Grambling Southern. Nah, they they, they all right with it. <laughs> <laughs> they, all right, they all right with it. Yeah. So I and I actually it, this. Some of you said kind of sparked this next question. Um, NIL, I know that you know I, I'm not I'm not naive to think that you know uh, HBCUs aren't participating. I know it's not talked about quite as much, um, but are there things that A um, and M might be doing? Because uh, I, I know like uh, Grambling, uh, one of our guests we had on Miss Love, uh, she talks about all the time. They have a collective and, and things that they're working for. Uh, but what are some things that AM uh might be doing to to try to you know right. stay competitive in the NIL so, space? So what what I want to do and how I want to approach this question is uh from a generic standpoint, right. because I don't wanna I don't want to uh expose uh a strategy that may be working for us that you know uh, uh may that gives us the competitive edge for us to gotcha. do 
what we're doing, mm -hmm. okay? So if y'all will excuse me, I won't get into specifics about that, but I will talk generically about it. I understand. So ask your question, what A&M is doing is the exact same thing all of the universities in SWAC is doing. We're trying to get an understanding of the NIL, okay? And what we mean by that is this thing is so new. Well, we're a year in, two yeah. at the longest. Yeah. Uh, 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 we're trying to understand what is legal and lawful right. because the NCAA has not really put anything out as to, you know, what you can't do. They, they, they set parameters, but people are still trying to get up to that edge. And, you know, some are even crossing it or what have you. But at this point, there's no enforcement and there's no repercussions. That's most importantly to anybody who goes too far. Not at this point. We haven't seen that. So to answer your question, what are we doing is we're trying to understand the rules because I hate to say this, but we can't make the same mistakes Alabama can make, LSU can make, some of these other universities. Mm -hmm. You know, if we, if we do some of the things that, you know, that they potentially could do, the, the book is going to be thrown harder at us than anybody else. So, therefore, we don't have the luxury to go out there and, and, and just do what some of them are doing, which is feeling their way through the process and what have you. So, we are seeking clarification, clarity, and uh, in regards to what we can and cannot do in regards to NIL. So how are we doing it? Well, we're doing that by communicating and coordinating and collaborating with newly formed NIL co companies and agencies. <coughs> because since this has come up, <coughs> there are agencies now that support and or provide guidance to universities as to this is how we can support your, your student athletes. So for instance, we all hear about Alabama, they got you know, their starting quarterback, we got a million dollars after the first year or what have you, after mm -hmm. a few months or what have you. Well, don't think Alabama just went and did that. They had people who kind of had a strategy, knew what they were doing and knew how to formulate and go get that money to make sure that student athlete was able to benefit from it. Everybody else is really just playing catch up. And why do I say that? Because universities like Alabama, Auburn, LSUs of the world, their athletic budgets allows them and affords them money to pay staff to go and do this. And when you go to the HBCU world and into the SWAC specifically, you know, a lot of times we're understaffed where, you know, it'll take a team of 15 in Alabama to do a particular function. At HBCUs, we only got two, three. So we're, we're, we're a little bit behind in that in that sense. And so and it's all based off resources. And that's where resources comes in again. So I, that's the long way of telling you what are we doing about it? We're trying to learn more about it. And two, we're trying to collaborate with newly formed agencies that can help us, you know, help our students, uh, you know, benefit and take advantage of the NIL. So that's the best way I can answer that question. Can, can I ask you a question also? Uh, yeah. Kevin, how important is, you know, for the alumni base and the surrounding communities to come up and help with, you know, those collectives? So, yeah, you just don't even know how good of a dang question that is, bro. You, hmm. you, you, you really don't even know how good that is. So the question then becomes, I'm going to pose a question to the three of you guys. I know y'all are not necessarily HBCU pros, but we're out here to learn. So I'm, I'm just going to do a stereotype. I'm going to ask y'all a question right quick. What percentage of alumni do you guys think give back to PWIs mm. and give uh, to just a percentage? What what percentage? to PWIs? PWIs. I'm a 
Yeah, it's probably gonna be about seventy percent somewhere up there. I, 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 if I, so, I'm thinking somewhere probably about fifty or sixty. But though, but then that's not the big don't. But I, I'm, I say about fifty or sixty though percent. I say so, probably about sixty. Yeah, about sixty. So, LSU and Alabama. If you're a graduate, y'all are saying sixty percent of those graduates are giving back to that university in some shape or form. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Athletic, right? So now I'm asking you the question for HBCUs and black people, what do you think the percentage is for graduates giving back to their HBCU? What percentage would you say is that? I like I like round numbers, so I'm gonna say 25. And I know oh, that's yeah. I was gonna <laughs> say 15. I'll say so 30. So Daniel, see so Daniel's optimistic. I'm not being <laughs> Daniel rolled his hell. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> that happens yeah, often man. on this show. So, yeah. so, so I say that rhetorically speaking, saying when you ask the question about, you know, how can sponsors, boosters, and 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 alums help uh, the uh, the university and athletic department specifically? Absolutely, we could. But the question is, how, you know, what is our performance? What are we actually doing? We give back at a lower rate than all of our counterparts and in the D1s or what have you. And again, it goes back to resources. So typically, we don't give back at the frequency level that our um, other counterparts give. So, um, so yes, you do have some some enthusiastic boosters and and givers like alums like myself. I love giving back and this and that. And I give here and there, but I'm just one person. Collectively, A and M. And I got to give uh, my university credit. We have had a capital campaign that has exceeded my wildest dreams. We raised millions of dollars in the, in the last five years uh, to our efforts of enhancing our university, our services and all of that. So we are doing really well. And to be honest with you, we're doing much better than some of our counterparts. However, does that mean we still can't be doing more? Absolutely. So to answer your question, and specifically to the NIL, yes, we could be doing more. Uh, what are we doing now? Currently, we're in the process of organizing, and that's the best way I know how to how to how to answer that, uh, because I cannot uh, assign a particular dollar figure as to look. This is how much money we've been able to raise, and and this is where we are. So it's still a work in progress. But just know that it's it's needed. And for any HBCU watchers or watching this podcast. Please uh, heed to what are you doing for your university and let it give back $5 a month or $100 a year. Any dollar amount would help. And, and how uh, could they that, do that? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and every dollar helps. So yeah. it didn't, didn't answer your question, but I'm trying to answer it as best way. No, I that's, can. A great, I, I, that's an excellent answer, honestly. But how can they do it? If they do want to help, what are some of the ways that people can go and help A&M? Man, you can't think of an avenue that or a platform that we haven't made available to people to give. I mean, yeah. you can give via check, PayPal, uh, cash. You can you can go to our website, the university yeah, website. That. It's got a, a a platform and a space where you can give right there. Uh, most of us trek back to the hill for homecoming and different yeah. special uh, activities, whatever. There's giving mechanisms there. Hey, just drop some money in the bucket. Uh, uh, or drop a check off here, this and that. We have every avenue you can think of to give uh, uh, funds. So, so, so uh, what you're saying is, ain't no excuses. 
No excuses. <laughs> yeah. uh, excuses are minus and nothingness. And anyway, uh, uh, no, it. there's no excuses. But we give avenues to to give back. Absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. All right. So it's some, something we talked about um, our first episode, uh, the Dion effect. And I know it, you know it's, it, Dion's name is uh, is is as hot as as fish grease when it comes to HBCUs. Um, he's everywhere. He he's magnetic. Um, but we talk about the Dion effect, and my I guess this question is is not so much um, any slight to to any other HBCU, but how is the D, the Dion effect helping Annem? So. Because I, I know some schools have gone out and hired former NFL players or NFL coaches. Um, I see it as far as like Coach Maynard. You know, Coach Maynard, that's his personality. But I don't think Coach Maynard may not have been quite as vocal. If not, he has somebody to verbally spar with, you know. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. uh, but but in your opinion, what are some ways that that's kind of – and, and are, are we giving too much credit to Dion? Because that was something else we talked about. So, to be honest with you, you get 10 people, you're going to probably get 10 different perspectives, to be honest with you. And But I think uh, one thing all 10 people you ask will say is that Dion's emergence, presence, and what he has done has elevated every, and positively impacted everybody. If you, you can't look at what he's done and what he is doing and saying what he's doing for Jackson State is not helping every other swag university. You cannot consciously say that unless you just got real hate for him and you're just a real negative person. And the reason why I say that is because, yes, in our world, meaning those who follow HBCUs, we know all of this all along. We knew. But we're talking about exposing a brand bigger than our neighborhood. Yeah. We're talking about people now talking about us in Idaho. Utah, Alaska, people who have previously had no interest in HBCUs, didn't know what HBCU even stood for. Now they're asking questions. They're noticing. You can't say that that's not impacting all of us positively. So the Dion effect is positive. Um, I think there's two aspects of it. You got one, uh, one camp, the naysayers, if you will, if you want to call them that. Uh, is because he's just a topic in everybody's mouth when it H where HBCU comes up right now. Just some people are just tired of hearing it. It's kind of like a song that you've heard three hundred times. Like I don't want to hear that no more. And that's just yeah. human nature. Yeah, yeah. that's just human nature, right? So I get it. So you get some people in that category. But when you're honestly looking at the bigger picture, you know this man is putting a spotlight on all of us and what he is single. I ain't gonna say single handedly, but the swag as a whole. The branding of it, everybody now can command more dollars in these classics that we talked about, these appearances when we do eventually play those PWIs, you know, they're going to have to pay bigger guarantees than they, they, than they did previously. So the Dion effect is, is, is definitely present. Um, I applaud him for what he's doing, and he's helping more than just Jackson State. That man is pledged to help. Mississippi Valley yeah. State get a new stadium. How can you hate on that? How yeah. can you hate on that? This yeah. man just recently with this draft did the prime list of people who he thinks should go to the pro, to the leagues that should get drafted. 
all of them were Jackson State players. They were from every HBCU. Mm. So he is trying to help everybody as a whole. And I applaud his efforts. Most people don't look at it and see it the same. Uh, but I think if you look at it objectively, how can I mean, what's the negative, really? What's the negative? Right. Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, the, the thing of what I respect about him so much, just looking at what he's doing, you know, for Jackson State, I mean, he, of course, he's repping Jackson State super duper hard, but not only that, he's repping all HBCUs. I mean, yeah. of course, I know Poopy's going to get into this later with the transfer mm-hmm. portal, but, you know, the comment he made about Isaiah, you know, at FAMU, that yeah. goes a long way, you know. So salute to Dion, man. And of course, salute to you, Mr. Ball, for showing love to him you know absolutely absolutely yeah. uh you know and, I, and i'm glad we're having this conversation guys and to be honest with you i love in the different uh group chats and facebook uh uh forums that you can give your your, your opinion about uh what Dion has done and what he's doing uh he is making everybody step their game up because to be yeah. honest with you, if we're all being honest with ourselves that man is building a powerhouse right now with all them number recruits he getting. Yeah. And like you mentioned earlier, the man got Travis Porter, one of the what, top number one ranked recruit, yeah. and yeah. he got them to go to an HBCU over Any cold. Well, well, Tra- I, ball. Tra- hold on, hold on, Travis Hunter. Travis Porter makes yeah. some good music, but Travis Hunter. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's that Porter. I meant Hunter. Hey, hey, ladies. But, yeah. But, hey, my, bad, my bad. But no, for him to do that, and recruit at that level, what do you think all of us got to do to make mm-hmm. sure he don't get that far ahead? We got to raise our game. So that's what I'm saying. For anybody who wants to say this and that and the other, what he's doing for them is applying what we call applying pressure. Yeah. He oh, yeah. pressure to everybody else that we got to step our game up and we can't let Jackson State outdo us because we want to remain competitive and most importantly, remain relevant, man. Well, so, not just... Yeah, the Dion effect is real. I think it's good. We needed him. It's a good time. And yeah. uh, I see number good things, man, in the future for HBCUs as a whole. But not only not only stepping your game up as far as recruiting and, and stuff like that, but the way he got that, that alumni base and that fan base supporting them, mm-hmm. selling out the you know, selling out the stadium the way they do, it, it's 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 causing other alumni bases and fan bases to step their game up. We see the spring games packed out and stuff like that. So he, he making everybody step their game up in all assets of the program, not just on the field and coaching staffs and, and recruits and resource, you know, the facilities and stuff, but even the fan base, alumni, and the support. Hey, Poopy, I need you. Once this thing's over with, you need to give my boy Ant a pound. Till he realize <laughs> what the hell he just said right now. Because yeah. think about the impact of what Ant just said. If you, when you sign a contract with Jackson State right now, to any venue or event, you got 30 people guaranteed, 30,000 people guaranteed to come. Bro, do you know the economic impact of that? Yeah. I don't know if black people yeah. really understanding that. 30,000, the economic yeah. impact of 30,000 people mm-hmm. descending many, onto your city. How many hotels? How many hotels finna be booked? How many restaurants finna be packed out? How, uh, how many shopping centers finna be built? Uh, you know what I mean? Like he uh, bringing everybody, he changing the economy. Uh, like, if you think about it for a weekend. Right. We, 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 we talked about uh last episode the increase from uh, what we said 33,000 in 2019 to 42,000 yeah. as far as uh average attendance. Yeah, it's uh, crazy, bro. 
One thing right. that people don't know that uh, Jackson State actually leads attendance for all FCS, not just HBCU. Right. So that's something. To, and that was that was prior to to Dion and Dion ain't do nothing but to increase that that gap. Absolutely. So yeah. absolutely, absolutely. And, and thank you. And the thing uh, I know y'all didn't y'all didn't mention this, but the thing along with the Dion effect and what he was doing with Jackson State, giving Jackson State credit, that damn band would bring thirty thousand people out by themselves. <laughs> They're known. They do a great job with their band. And uh, to be honest with you, they're just probably as attractive as the football team, if not more. Because mm-hmm. people want people want to see the, the uh, you know, uh, uh, they want to see that band from Jackson State. So I got to give credit where credit is due. I, I, so, Mr. Ball, first of all, I appreciate you for coming on. I was going to ask a question by Coach, uh, Coach Hewlett, but I, I'll say that. We, we can say that. Cause I want to get to this, this, the meat and potatoes. Let me let me be a little. I'm, I'm gonna be a little messy. Um, Cause they jumped on me last week or, or last Here time. Here we go. Here, Here we, we go. go. I'm ready for it. Magic City Classic versus Bayou Classic. Okay. What's the bigger classic? Man, what you think, bro? What you think? <laughs> Bayou Classic. Bayou Classic. Easily. Hell yeah. no. <laughs> <laughs> Bayou Classic has more seats in the stadium. Yeah, they 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 in Superdome, so yeah, they got more seats. But if you look at the at the average attendance for the last five years, as opposed to the average attendance to the Magic City Classic, it's not even close, man. Uh, I think Bayou Classic they have the tradition. We both you classics had a tradition, right? Mm-hmm. But I think Bayou Classic obviously has been on a larger stage because you know. They had NBC. They were on NBC. It was nationally televised. Oh, that's that's because you were the better classic. Well, well, well. <laughs> at that time, it was. And, and and the reason why you had to support that, if we're going to go by data or what have you, look at the attendance and, you know, you look at uh, the revenue generated and you just look at everything holistically, you're exactly right, man. Back in the 80s, 90s, yeah. early 2000s, I mean, the Bayou Classic was that. But mid-2000s going forward, Magic City started to rival that because our attendance, we were getting to that 40 plus thousand uh, into that uh, uh, 50,000 50, person range uh, at the Magic City Classic, whereas the Bayou Classic was experiencing a, a drastic drop off. And, you know, it's just only by looking at the ticket sales and, and, and the data is there. So yeah. when you say what's better and who's better, to be honest with you, it's really on what, which culture you're really trying to go for. Because if you've been going to Bayou Classic for all your life or for the last five, ten years, then that's what you're going to be drawn to. And the same with Magic City Classic. Yeah. But if we're looking at, you know, uh, the 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 trajectory right now, the Magic City Classic's trajectory is, is is basically increasing because people, more people are becoming knowledgeable about it. And more people, once they attend, they're seeing uh, the events are probably on the, on the same scale, if not larger, than what the Bayou Classic is offering. So I just think, and the rivalry, Alabama A&M and, and Alabama State, is just as intense as Grambling and Southern, uh, so if not more so. Uh, so if you had to say who's better, you know, I, I personally, uh, you know what I'm going to say. But if we're looking at numbers and all of that, you know, uh, it's still, you know, uh, uh, it, you know, it's just a preference, man. But, but, but Max City Classic is on a positive trajectory up, though. Well, to to defend the Bayou Classic numbers wise, I think and and like I said, I'm not a, I'm not an HBCU grad alum or nothing like that. I'm just outside, you know, looking 
but I think that when lately when Gremlin and um the Texas Classic, whenever that really started taking off, like the past 10, 15 years ago, I think that kind of drew some of the people who would normally make that annual trip to New Orleans for the Bayou Classic. I think, you know, the trip to Dallas is, you know, just as close, you know what I mean? And to some people, there's more to do in Dallas, so they'd rather make that trip, you know what I mean? And not to mention you play. Some people never been to that stadium in Dallas, you know, all those kind of different things, you know what I mean? So... Uh, yeah. I think that 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 kind of drew some of the numbers away from the Bayou Classic. I think if you look at the um, the storms that you know that that kind of impacted the the New Orleans area, you know, every four, three, four years, you know, I think that kind of you know takes away some of the luster of making that trip down there. So I think there's a lot of factors when you look at it. It isn't just the game in itself that right. you know that that affect that's affecting those numbers. But I right. don't disagree that it it kind of has lost its luster. But I I think with with Coach Dooley down there, Southern now and Hewitt Jackson, I think with the fan base is kind of reigniting that passion they have for the program. I think the numbers will start making that trend back up. And to your point, and I think you made a very good point. Um, that's the reason why events, organizations, and classics have to really kind of reinvent themselves because that's what's yeah. going to happen. Exactly what you said. Whenever you have something new or something, you know, shiny or what have you, like you're saying in Dallas or what have you, you got some people that you know what I've been wanting to buy you for the last five years. Let me just yeah. do something different. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. I, and we're in an mm -hmm. age where that's just so prominent now. People are going to the next thing. Just experience this. So if I'm gonna go to the Dallas Classic this year, I'm not gonna necessarily go to Bayou. I'm gonna take a year off. Yeah. And that impacts the numbers. You right. know? Mm -hmm. So some of that, I'm not saying that's the whole thing, but some of yeah, that, yeah, it's so it's some of it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Small factor in that, but but yeah. But I see what what side you on, and but now nah, I'm I'm with the Magic City. So we well, see. <laughs> hey, I ain't, I ain't gonna I ain't gonna I ain't gonna lie to you. I'm gonna have to check it out because I ain't too familiar with you know with the Magic City. But so I'm gonna have to check y'all out this show. Holla at me. I got a ticket for you, bro. All right, for sure. For sure. <laughs> hey, I want to come too. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Hey, hey my only requirement is y'all got to sit on a and side. That's the whole thing, man. All right, All right. I'm, I'm there. I'm, I'm, I'm down with it. Hey, y'all! Y'all just don't know what y'all listen. Alabama, Auburn, and them state. I'm telling you, it's 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 it goes down. It goes down. It goes down. Uh, Mr. Ball, Kevin, I appreciate you coming on. Appreciate I, I it, man. Look forward to having you back because we will have you back. We look forward to having you back. Uh, especially as it gets closer to the season and stuff, we can we can start talking some more. So, but Absolutely. Thank you. Is there any? First of all, uh, if if people want to get in touch with you, is there any way that you know, in particular, that you want people to reach out to yeah. you, social media wise? Or? Absolutely, they can reach out to me on Facebook. I'm there. Uh, my name is K D E E E Ball. That's K capital D, the letter E, the letter E, then Ball B A L L on Facebook. So they can reach reach me there, inbox me there, Messenger is the best way to get me. And uh, my last comments is, look, guys, I really enjoyed this, man. And y'all already know y'all ain't did nothing but got me started. So <laughs> if you invite me again, I will be over here without just just, just letting you know. And the only thing is expect, I, I feel more comfortable now. I'm going to talk more trash when I see y'all next. So I'm going to be calling Aunt and Daddy. <laughs> and uh, uh, I'm yeah. talking trash directly to you guys. So you, if you get me on, I'm definitely, I'm definitely, I'll, I'm, I want that smoke. All right? Already, uh, hey, I, like I, like I like it. I like it. I like it. All right, late. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> he gonna get that pink scooter delivered to him this year. Best believe that. 
<laughs> hey, quick question: Is the challenge going to be at Lad or is it going to be at South Alabama? It's going to be at Lad. You know, all uh, right. And I know you didn't ask for this. I know I got to go, but 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 no, oh, no, no, no. We're not definitely got. We're not going to rush you off of here, but no, no. Now it's always going to be at Lad. It's the equivalent of the Bayou Classic being played at Tulane, or you know, dome. you don't go to a PWI yeah. to play yeah, Gonna have to do it a neutral location, that and the other. so there's no uh, way we would be interested. We, unless we had to, meaning if Lad went away and there's no other venue, well, we ain't got no choice then at that point, right? But, but as long as there's a choice, we it'll be at Lad Stadium. The yeah, only reason hey. why I ask, no, no, go ahead, Ant. no, no, you go ahead, go ahead. No, the only reason why I ask it, those who are familiar, you know, with Mobile and the dynamic, um, the senior bowl shifted from Lad to um to South Alabama Stadium. I believe the bowl game did as well. But, yes, it did. Yeah, yes, so. it did. Yes, it did. So, you know, with those events going away, and, and, and put this in context for people who don't know or not familiar with Mobile, Last Stadium is in Maysville. It's in the African-American part of the city. Been mm-hmm. there for 40 years. Uh, the host of all these big games. Mm-hmm. And all the surrounding areas, as y'all know, they, they benefited economically from the parking and the vendors and everything mm-hmm. else that came along with it. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden, you know, everything's going to the new stadium. So, and that's fine because these, these organizations and these groups, they have every right to go to whatever venue and that they want to go to or what have you. But we believe in, in supporting that demographic and therefore we ain't going nowhere. That's our home. Uh, this game is theirs. And we, you know, we're going to take, take good care of it and we're going to be good stewards of uh of our community there in mobile so that's what it's about and next time next time you're on i got i'm gonna have a, a question for you as should should some of these classics instead of being held at neutral sites should we do it like a a, a school in school you know what i mean like mm-hmm. a rotate between southern and gramlin or rotate between you know what I mean? Campuses like that. Instead of yeah. instead of having to pay rent yeah. in some of these stadiums, so some of the schools can get more money. It, it ain't a conversation for today, but you know, for future, I want your thoughts on that. Okay. You know, you about to rev me back up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. Hey, I know. Hey, that's that, that's that's a deep conversation. We 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 got that's we a, got that's deep into deep that com- last that's last. Com- com- that's a deep yeah. conversation though. So I, I want I want yeah, you, I want I, you I, to I, have I, your full your full time for that one. Listen, hey, I'm gonna say about that, that conversation. Hey, so we started last time. We were we were getting ready to wrap up. We started that conversation last time, and we went from a 40 minute show to an hour and 20 minute show. So <laughs> we ain't gonna do that to you this time. But again, everybody, Mr. Kevin Ball, thank you for coming yeah, appreciate on. Appreciate you, brother. Uh, appreciate you. Look appreciate forward to you, having Ball. you back, Mr. Thank Kevin you. Ball. Everybody. All right, dropping gems. Listen, gems. That's what, I, I enjoyed that. Um, uh, again, Mr. Ball, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, all right, we because we some of the stuff we, we did talk about, we were going to touch on anyway. Yeah. NFL draft, um, the NFL draft, and, and as you saw on our thumbnail, uh, had four HBCU players picked up. You had uh, James Houston, the fourth. From Jackson State, uh, I'm yeah, the cornerback go first, right? 
I'm just trying yeah, to yeah the Kobe the Kobe Durant went first, I believe. Yeah, the Kobe Durant from South Carolina State. You had Joshua Williams from Fayetteville State and Jatire Carter from Southern. Sure. And uh I, I I didn't put it in, in order that they were picked. I just I think that was just the, the list I, I had. Um, but that's not where it stopped. You had um 18 uh undrafted free agents and rookie camp invites as well. Uh Marquise Bell from Florida AM, who I think should have actually been drafted. Uh Felix Harper from Alcorn State, Shamar Bridges from uh Fort Valley State. Ron Hunt from North Carolina A&T, Keith Corbin from Jackson State, Al Young from Jackson State, Deshaun Dixon from Norfolk State, uh, Savion Williams from FAMU, Will Adams from, uh, I can't see what that is, that uh, Virginia State? Listen. Okay. Yeah, Akil Glass from A&M, Najee Reams from North Carolina A&T, D. Anderson from a C.J. Holmes, uh-oh, what happened? C.J. Holmes from Jackson State, Colin Ritchie from Jackson State, Caleb Carter from Southern, Zafar Kelly from South Carolina State, Braylon Robinson from Alcorn State, Stephen Davis Jr. from North Carolina A&T, Jermaine Martin from North Carolina A&T, Jawan Taylor from Alcorn State, Keenan Forbes from FAMU, and Marquise McClain from Southern. Yeah, that's, that's my cousin. A, that's a list. Yeah, that's is that yeah, really I your cousin? I can't. No, I, can't I can't read all that. I got glaucoma, man. I can't. I can't list. read all that. Boy, you, boy, boy, you look like you. You look nah. good, boy. Boy, good, boy. All right, fellas, we, we, we got a few quick hitters just so we can get up out of here. Um, Arkansas Pine Bluff, uh, they threw a combined no-hitter versus Memphis. Daniel, I know you don't like baseball, so I'm going to try to move through these kind of fast. Uh, no, nah, we're not moving We're not moving through one of them kind of fast. I want to yeah, get one that of them man. Pretty, one, pretty one of them, that man need his flowers. Yeah. Okay, uh, and I think I know who you're talking about. So we're going to go with first – I, I, I do this one, and then I go to the one you're talking about. Coach Omar Johnson uh, from Jackson State got his 500th career win. Congratulations. Congratulations, Congratulations to him. Also, somebody who definitely deserves their flowers. From Grambling, Shamar Page threw yes, the 34th perfect game in NCAA history. That's Salute, awesome. young man. Salute. In doing this, he also eclipsed 100 strikeouts on the year. And he's tied for second in the nation with strikeouts. So congratulations Salute to him. Salute to him. For that's major, bro. Congratulations, that's man. man. Yeah, a perfect game is is ridiculous, man. Hey. So a no hitter is is is, yeah. is good and rare, but a perfect game. Man, just think about just how think many about how many football equivalent to it. How many what? All right, just, just put just check this out. Check this out. You know, you know how many colleges play baseball? Yeah. All right. So think about how long they've been playing baseball, and only thirty-four of them have ever happened. That's wild. And and Major League Baseball has only been like twenty-seven of them in history. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it's it's almost that means you get every every twenty-seven up, twenty-seven down. You didn't. Nobody got a hit. Nobody got walked. Nobody reached base at all, bro. That's yeah. That's when that's by pitches. Yeah. None yeah. none of none of that. That's awesome, Come, man. Yeah. Salute, right. salute, salute to him, bro. For real. All right, a, a, a story that we kind of 
jump through out there. Coach Valdez joins the staff, uh, joins Hugh Jackson staff at Grambling. Uh, he was a former uh, head coach and AD at uh, St. James. Um, so congratulations to him. Uh, wish you much success. I heard it here first, right? Yes, sir. Hey, stick with us. You're going places. Uh, we talked about uh, uh, briefly uh, Dion helping Mississippi Valley State University. Yeah. Um, Dion also, and, and as Kevin mentioned earlier, uh, some of the things he's done and, and kind of promised. He also, if, if some people may not remember, um, he went out and helped get a, a, a full-time trainer for Alcorn State, which is, Correct. if I'm not mistaken, Correct. Jackson State and Alcorn State are the main rivals. Yeah, they're in-state rivals. Yeah, In-state they're rivals. Too, they, so, they're not too far apart. They're how can you not like this? How can Again, I don't see it. It's, Man, look, he did y'all see the video whenever he put it? For, for those of you who watch it who haven't seen the video, go watch the video of Dion pulling up at uh, Mississippi Valley and and um, going to talk to the it was all the, love. Going going to talk to the other coach, going to, and touring their facilities, you know, meeting the running back for the you know for them and their team, and you know, hanging out with them for the man. Just go watch it and, and see know. and see the man the the way that he truly just cares about not just his school, man. They like you said, it's one of his rivals, but he want to see every HBCU flourishing and you know what I mean, reaching their full potential, man. You can't so help but about, respect and love that, man. Yeah. yeah. Hey. hey. <laughs> Listen, I love it, bro. It's all yeah. love, and I keep telling people what he's doing at Jackson State is bigger than football. Yeah, for real, bro. But you know what? That's like you said, it's so much bigger than football. You know what I'm saying? But when you break it down to like a human level, mm -hmm. just to want to see people win, yeah, bro, it's very rare, especially when you're at the top. You know what I'm saying? Right. And a lot of times people say, oh, well, I mean, that you, you're capping. You know what I mean? If you're showing somebody Man. love, you know, that's that's that, no, that's what the world he, he genuine, genuine, bro. Yeah, yeah. he's genuine, bro. He And he authentic it, with it, dog. Yeah. Like, yeah. You, you can't help but respect him. Right. All right. Hey, again, shout out to Dion. What? Actually, let's stay with Dion. So let's talk about the transfer report. Yeah. Um, Grambling picked up uh, Noah Bolden. Um, this no, week. no, 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 Bolden uh, left. I'm sorry. Oh, Noah Bolden left Grambling. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, they got they they got a transfer in uh, the quarterback. I can't yeah, think of his name. Uh, Mr. Gilmore, I believe, is his last name. Uh, hold on one second. I have it for you. Uh, yeah, Amani Gilmore. Um, he's he came in and Noah Bolden left okay. or entered the transfer portal. Into the transfer say. portal. And then there's Isaiah Land. So Isaiah Land entered his name into the portal. He was he was just about to leave uh, FAMU. Uh, Dion made some comments, interesting comments. Um, I mean, Dion Dion just said what everybody was thinking. I right. mean, if we want if we want to be honest, bro, like he he basically just said, you know he don't like the way that some of these players are trying to just jump around to what, you know, the situation where they can benefit the most from, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like that fam, you was there for you when no one else was there for you. They, you know what I mean? They gave you an opportunity there. They helped develop you to the player you are now. And then now that you feel like that you, you know, outgrew that situation or, you know, that there's a better situation for you out there, you just want to up and leave. And, and I, I'm, I'm kind of glad that he did come out and say that because, I feel like a lot of these players don't really realize the implications of entering the transfer portal sometimes. That's right. 
you know what I mean? Like we we talk about all the success stories, but we don't never talk about how many guys into the portal and don't find nowhere to go. You know or, what I mean? Or you have a situation like you guys remember Giles at L- yeah. LSU uh, wide receiver. You have yeah. a situation like that where you do come in and the, the, your former team you had a lot of success. You come mm-hmm. in with all this pressure, and you hit the big stage and you flop. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it's not because you're talented. Maybe it's because it's hey, stage too, too big, big for you. Bright lights too bright for you. I mean, and I'm not saying I, I'm not. I don't want anybody to think I'm saying he couldn't have, you know, performed at a better, at, at a different level or anything like that. But I think that that like we just talked about, four guys drafted into the NFL. That's four more than the University of Texas had. You know what I mean? So, and, and I'm not throwing shade. At, I'm just saying that I you, am. Can, you, you can, can you can get you can get <laughs> what they gonna do. They'll they, find you. They'll obviously, find they can't you. beat you. They ain't beat you. They'll find you. You know what I mean? Like, if you're good enough to make it to that level, they'll find you. You know what I mean? Whether you're at a HBCU, whether you're at a, a D1, whether, you know, P5 or G4, no no matter where you're at, they'll find you. So you don't have to yeah. jump ship, you know. And, and we talked about ZLN, but let me say this. Uh, prior to coming on uh, the show, uh, he actually – Sent out a tweet says sticking with the family, fam you you know the fam you yeah yes yeah. they're saying sticking family with the family okay yeah. Brian Brian uh, <laughs> gotta finish what we started so yeah I'm yeah I'm glad to see him staying with staying with fam you and and basically being what he he's loved for for who he is and not for what right. he can bring to the university and not only he's he's gonna be appreciated a lot more yeah exactly 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 you know what I'm saying? all right so a story we talked about on the last episode uh the MEAC actually uh the the ad's voted yes to chicago state joining the MEAC, and that would in a sense uh preserve the MEAC. Um, just in case Howard decided to actually pull, pull through and leave, but the MEAC presidents voted no to Chicago State joining <laughs> and basically killed that idea. How bad do you have to be? Well, well, okay, okay. Let me, let me, let me kind of uh, defend the the no <laughs> vote. Um, for one, the MEAC already has two schools that don't play football. Um, I forgot what schools they were but they have two schools that currently don't play football. And Chicago State did not guarantee that they would be playing football if they joined the MEAC. So then you would potentially have three and an an uneven number of football playing teams in the conference if they didn't play football. Not to mention, they are outside of the footprint, I guess you want to call it, the region or whatever you want to call it, of the, that the MEAC is currently in. Is it worth it financially to, you know what I mean, for them to join the conference and have to travel to, you know, that far out of your ge- you know geographical footprint if football isn't going to be one of the sports that you're, you know what I mean, traveling for when that's your money-making sport? So that's, that's kind of where I could kind of see them, you know what I mean, if they didn't get a guarantee that Chicago State would be playing football, why they would say no. I bet if they had a good band, they would have got in. Ladies and gentlemen, Anthony Petty Murphy, always dropping knowledge, and Daniel D. Williams, 
making Anthony look good. All right. <laughs> so <laughs> doing my job, man. <laughs> All right, fellas. All right. So again, we got some quick hitters. Um, just going around some of the spring sports. Uh Howard wins uh was that men's golf in MIAC? Yeah. They won the men's golf for the MIAC. Uh, South Carolina State in the MIAC won's men and women's tennis championship. Uh, Alabama State won the SWAC men's tennis. Jackson State won the women's tennis uh, for the SWAC. Um, then you had Texas Southern win both men and women's golf. And then last but not least, Benedict College won the SIAC men's and women's track championship. Yeah. And the men and women's tennis championship. Where is that? Where is that college at? Benedict. Yeah. Uh, uh, they they crushing whatever they whoever they they crushing everybody. Shout out Benedict, you straight dynasty mode. BC. Yeah, <laughs> Benedict is in Columbia, South Carolina. I, yeah. I knew I, I I had heard of it. I just ain't yeah. They straight killing. That's um, straight school. They straight crushing whoever they playing against, bro. Yeah. So uh before we go, um, I do with a heavy heart want to send my condolences to the uh, family and friends of Miss Arlana Miller. Yeah. Uh, she was a Southern University cheerleader. Um and she was found uh deceased. And um I don't want to get into the the what's and all that. But I do want to say love on your people. Yeah. Um, check on your people. Check on your people. Uh, personally, I, I had a, a best friend, a good friend, battle buddy, who um, I guess was going through things. Uh, we talked all the time. And um, he, he posted a, a message. I never, I didn't reach out. I didn't think anything of it. Um, I didn't call him. And... Um, then I got a call that I didn't want. Uh, so again, got that call last week. Yes, yeah, yeah. So if you if you feel ever feel like you know, say every now and then, just reach out to somebody, tell yeah, them you love tell them, them. Yeah, tell them you love them, bro. You never know when the last time, bro. 100%. All right. If I can also add, I know we we're trying to get out of here, but I think this is very important to say. Hey, you know, a, do. a lot of times, especially in our community, the black community, we always say, hey, you know, pray God. Yeah. always got you you know for sure he definitely does but there's a reason why we have therapists it's okay to have god and a therapist 100 100 percent. and not only that people need to understand that when it comes to a mental imbalance get go see a therapist man go talk to a psychiatrist there's medication that can help with that a lot of that stuff it's it's a chemical imbalance you get what i'm saying and it's a lot of things that people need to get educated on when it comes to this mental health stuff. And I, I pray to God that we can bring awareness to it and make it a big issue because it's very important. There's no reason why anybody should feel like they don't have someone to go talk to. You know what I'm saying? And honestly, man, I know you've been going through a lot, bro. So yeah. I want to say, you know, on our audience, man, please lift, lift this brother up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And we, we praying for you, brother. Cause I know you've been through it, bro. It. I and, appreciate that. Uh, but like, I, like I say, I, I, me personally, I see a therapist. I'm not yeah. ashamed to admit it. You know, what I, I mean? do the same thing, brother. I ain't, I ain't. My mental ain't always on. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. I go to the, 
I go see a doctor when I don't feel well. So whenever I'm mentally not feeling well, I go see a therapist. I don't personally see nothing wrong with it. And I think more people need to stop making it taboo. And need not. to go, and, you know what I mean? They need to, they need, no, in our community it is though, bro. It yeah. And it does, and it doesn't need to be exactly like, yeah. there's nothing wrong with seeing a therapist. Go see a therapist if you're thinking about it. If you've been wanting to, go do it. Stop yeah. waiting. You know what I mean? Go ahead and do it now. And, and check on your people, love on your people, bro. And Life quit, short, man. quit just dismissing and saying, "Oh, that boy crazy. Oh, that girl crazy." Yeah. Please yeah, stop her. Please it's stop. Right. We got to stop that. I, I'm gonna let people, the people, in on the secret. Yeah, me, Daniel, and Chris, we have never physically met each other, <laughs> but we, but at this point, we talk all the time. These are these yeah. are like truly all my brothers. Yeah. Me and Daniel. Actually, do you know what I'm saying? Get into the base and stuff, and then we end. All right, man, I love you, man. All right, bro. All right. Yeah, yeah. But I say that to say this you don't know, um, who will come into your life and 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 what they'll mean to you. Um, so appreciate the people you yeah. have around you. So, yeah. and look, uh, I, I'll be honest with you too, man. Like, my, my friends, my, my people that's close to me, I make them feel uncomfortable. You get what I'm saying? Because <laughs> you know, when I and when I say that, is I. I tell my people I love them, bro. You know what right. I'm saying? Because honestly, we never know. You know, life Fair. is short. Right. Life is short. And I, I tell this to my family all the time. You know, the last thing I want to do is hold something against somebody. Because that's right. a waste of time. You know what I'm saying? It, it's it's a waste of time. Life is too short. Like yes. like Aunt saying, like Pooh Bear say, love on you people. Yeah, It's Fair. so important, man. All right. And we well, love y'all who listen, man. Hey. Thank y'all too. Oh, oh, oh. Speaking of love. People have asked, y'all love us, help us. All right, shoot us. <laughs> we yeah, now have PayPal. You can you can donate to us via PayPal. Uh hey, I'm you know saying lead us up here for a little bit. Y'all can, you know, say scan the QR code. It works. I, I did mm-hmm. it myself. Also, <laughs> we have Cash App. So you can hit Ooh. us up. Dollar sign, golden boom. Hey, again. Love on your people. I ain't trying to make light of you know the conversation we had, but love on your peoples. We so yeah, sis. I seriously though, condolences to to her family and friends, and our prayers with them for it. It's like I said, I I, we we've been there. It's not a it's not a good feeling. Um, Not at all. Not at all. And and only thing I can say, just um, there you're not you're never gonna forget them. Um. Just think about, but you gotta think about the the last and the, the, the good yeah, time. So exactly, uh, and and I pray I pray they find a comfort and an understanding, dog. Because exactly, that's the that's the main thing I pray for, bro. Because right. I know what they're going through right now. All right, yeah. well, fellas, if we have nothing else, let's wrap this thing up. Hey, we will be back uh, Sunday. Sunday, it's Mother's Day. We're gonna do a little something for the mothers. You know, what I'm saying show them some love and and all Mike that. Bench. Daniel might dance. Yeah, they ain't gonna dance. Daniel, uh, they uh on, on Blake's show, they was talking about you in in the bikini that we do sell on our merch site. Come on. Just talking about, you know, I was telling them how you said you look good in it. Your wife was Chill like, out. you look good in it, man. So, Chill out. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, you know what I'm saying? Y'all check out our merch site, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and everything else. But oh, again, also uh Friday tomorrow, I'm gonna be on TA show. Yes, go check out our boys, bro. First guest appears, you know what I'm saying? I'm trying to get like Annie Pooh, you feel me? You know, 
All right, and on that note, we are out. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.